week. And if you was here, you actually heard that. And I just thought that would be a great way to kick off uh, me really diving into the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about my best friend and your new best friend. Because everybody in this room desires to have a friend. Nobody in this room says, man, I don't want no friends. The problem is, is having a friend you can what? Trust. And we've all had the friend we thought we could trust. Maybe could have been even a spouse that didn't work out and you ended up getting a divorce or whatever. But there's, there's usually in our lives people that we think we can trust that ends up turning on us, betraying us, or treating us wrong. Well, what I endeavor to do today and in the days to come is I want to introduce you to a friend that will stick closer to you than anybody else. My goal is to get you so close, like John spoke last week, to get you so close to the Holy Spirit that I like to put it this way. I don't know if he breathes or not, but I say, Holy Spirit, I want to I hear you breathe. Because you're looking at Nathan today. I mean, you're actually physically looking at Nathan today, okay? And I am a physical human being. I get it. But there's somebody else right beside me that you can't see. And his name's Holy Spirit. And that's why you guys got dressed and come to church. It's not because of a worship set, not because of a speaker. You came with hopes and aspirations that there would be something said that could change your life forever. That's why every one of y'all came here. So I'm saying this boldly and, and declaring it loudly because the presence of the Holy Spirit is here. He's here. And there's some that will sense it even in a greater way because you're expecting it. Some of you may think, man, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> but I'm praying that everybody that's in the room right now, you will sense the very presence of God on your life because He's real. He's a real person that loves you more than anybody you know. And He wants to help you more than anybody you know. I mean, I love my wife, and, and y'all know I talk about her a lot, okay? And I do, I love her, okay? I would, I would take a bullet, I would do whatever for this woman right here, okay? But did you know that on her best day, she's not going to be able to do for me what the Holy Spirit can do for me? Though she loves me with all her heart, she's limited. Your friends are limited. Your spouse is limited. Your job is limited. Relationships with human beings are limited. But I'm telling you today, if you'll lean in and let the Holy Spirit do the work inside of you, okay? Because I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And then next week, we're going to talk about Him some more. And probably the next week, we're going to talk about Him some more. Because He is the most important person that is on the planet right now. And He's the one that's going to change your relationships. He's the one that's going to change your financial situation. He's the one that's going to heal your body. He's the one that does the work for Almighty God. So if you need something worked on today, good news. I'm going to introduce you to somebody that knows how to get the job done and get it done right. I'm talking about somebody that won't betray you, won't go behind your back and post something on Facebook or Instagram to put you down, okay? 
He is a friend that sticks close to you and will love you. And though we search for those friends and we search for those people to kind of be that comfort when we're hurting, we search for those people to, to give us you know, accolades when we need it, we search for that person to fulfill us, in the end, you're going to fall short. You will fall short. And I can tell you, if I was to take a poll and have you to write down, you all could write down somebody's name that didn't do you right. And there's somebody that could write your name down. Because you didn't do somebody right. Friend, I got up this morning and got ready for church because I want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like I've never seen before. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to, when we come to church, when we get out of the car, we begin to weep and cry because He's so real. And I'm telling you, that day is coming. Because I have made it my own goal as a person, regardless if anybody else does it or not, that I'm on a quest to know Him, the Holy Spirit, more than ever before. Because as we go through the Word today, you're going to see some things today. You're going to see that the Holy Spirit has been at work for a long time. And He wants to continually work for us. And some of you guys that are here today, you're facing situations, you're going through stuff, you got stuff in your life that's not necessarily where you want it to be. Well, today, that can begin to change. That can begin to change today. You're in the right place. A place of hope. I mean, I'm telling you, God is ready and willing to get in your stuff. And you may say, well, man, it's messed up pretty bad. Well, that's all the more. <laughs> you need the worker working. Well, I'm doing pretty good in life. Oh, no, no. <laughs> You're not doing as good as you might think you are. You need more of Holy Spirit working in your life. Because everybody in this room, you're going to face a day to where you're going to be going, what do I do? How do I react? Where do I go? Which direction do I go? And friend, your closeness to the Holy Spirit has everything to do with you getting to the other side. And there's one of the things that he said last week that I really, I just loved it, uh, when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he said that when he was reading the book of Acts, y'all remember this, when he was reading the book of Acts over and over again, getting prepared for what God had him to do, and God led him to read the book of Acts, and he read it over and over again, one of the things that he found was that the Holy Spirit was very involved in their lives. And then, then he went on to say what seemed to be common to the disciples and those following Jesus in that day has almost seemed to what become uncommon today. That means we're trying to build church, we're trying to build our lives, we're trying to do everything without the main ingredient. And that is the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm telling you guys, this is, I'm telling you, the Word and the Spirit together is the ingredient that will change everything in your life. And if there's one thing that you and me need, it's more of His presence in our lives. So I'm praying that today as we begin to read the Scriptures and we begin to look at this, I'm believing that your heart is going to be changed and challenged in a way that's never been before. Again, it's not about the messenger. It's, about, it's not about the message. It's about the messenger. So as I've prayed and I've sought and I've got tons of stuff, I could talk to you all day. I want what He wants. And I want to say what He wants to say. So from this period on, I'm not saying I won't probably teach series again. We may, because I work a full-time job like everybody in this room. 
So after today, when I shut my Bible, I'm going to go on a quest of praying in the Spirit and my understanding and going after God. And we're going to come in next Sunday for a fresh word from God. Which it should be that way every day, okay, every service. And I'm not saying I haven't done that. But I just want to spend time with Him and I want Him to speak and breathe on our lives. And it's going to be good. So lean in, lean in, because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here and ready to change your life. This is a scripture that I want us to kind of confess and I want us to kind of keep as a main scripture as we go through this today. It's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And it's in the message translation. And no, the message is a translation. It's not literal, okay? But it's a good one. It says, The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The phrase that I want us to have on our hearts is the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Again, guys, we long to talk to people that are physical beings. And we feel like that if we can get with a group of our girlfriends or guy friends or or we can get with a group of people that are human vessels, that we can find some type of comfort and we can find some direction. You know they're limited. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have good friends. We all should. But guys, the reality is, is on your friends and your spouses and everybody's best day, they're going to fall short to give you what you're supposed to, you need. You see what I'm saying? I mean, when you have cancer and it's uncurable, guess what? All the doctors in the world and nurses can be as knowledgeable and good as they, you know, possibly can be and have all the latest, greatest instruments. But at the end of the day, how are you going to receive total healing? And that's just a beautiful picture of everyday life. We're going to get to places in our life to where we hit the end of that source if it's got people involved. And it's not to say we don't have people involved. We do. But I'm just trying to get you so reliant on the Holy Spirit that you talk to Him about the little things as well. Holy Spirit, where's my keys? I've misplaced my keys. Would you show me where my keys are? Holy Spirit, I'm about to leave the house. Would you, would you kind of just kind of, you know, help me make sure I choose going in the right direction? Simply opening up your mouth and engaging in conversation with Holy Spirit every day, even about the little things. And then when He tells you, whether it may be a no or a yes, that we're willing to listen to our great friend and make that decision. But one of the things that I desire more than anything is that you would get your passion back for Jesus. Because some of you guys have had passion in your life before. Some of you have pursued God a little bit more violently or a little bit more aggressive. And we just tend to kind of put it on pause sometimes. How about we in 2019 go after God, go after the Holy Spirit like we've never been before. We become the disciples of 2019. That we as a church won't regress or go backwards. We will progress. Because as I look at the book of Acts and I look at the church today, we have degressed. If that's a word, that probably ain't even a word, but you know, I'm a guy. So all the guys go, way to go, Nathan. You're doing good, buddy. <laughs> we don't always say it right. At least I don't. But we have degressed as a church. We're not doing what the first church did. We're just not. We're not hungry like the first church. We're not passionate like the first church. We're not seeking God like the first church. We're just not doing it. And we, do, we, we make excuses like it's okay. Well, I'm busy. I live in America. <laughs> we got a lot going on. That's not an excuse. And the longer we say that, the further we get from God working in our lives. Remember something about God. He don't change. You know why? He don't need to. 
<laughs> so if there's any changing going on, where's it going to happen? It's going to happen with us. Hallelujah. So y'all excited about getting to know the Holy Spirit more? Amen. Because today I want to go a little deeper in talking about this great person. But more than that, I want to talk about my, my dear friend, the Holy Spirit. Because he truly is my friend. And he truly has stuck with me closer than a brother. I mean, when you're looking at a loved one that you don't know is going to wake up in, you know, another hour. I mean, I thank God for all of you guys. But, man, if he wouldn't have been with me, I don't even know if I'd ever made it. But he helped me through it, and he's going to help you through some things too. Let's go back to Genesis. I want to go back to the beginning, and let's just kind of find out where did the Holy Spirit come in? Where did the Holy Spirit come in at? Genesis 1. Hallelujah. And if you got an app on your phone, you know, you can open that app and look at it. You know, hallelujah. The Bible says, in the beginning. Everybody say, in the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. Man, if a lot of scientists would just actually open up the Bible and go to Genesis 1, they would understand how all this stuff happened. It's not a mystery, man. In the beginning, this is where they get a little tripped up. God. Oh, man. We're thinking evolution. We're thinking maybe a big bang. No, it was God. He did this. Now, there could have been a big bang. I'm not saying there wasn't. Hallelujah. It could have been a bloom. I mean, because God does thunder, you know, when he does talk. But God created the heavens and the earth. Now, check out this next one. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That means the planet you're standing on right now, was covered with 100% H2O. There was no dry land. The Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deep. I don't know what that looks like to you. However you want to look at it. I mean, he's floating, he's whatever, you know, going really fast like an airplane. But he's hovering. But if you go on to read Genesis 1, we're going to read the tail end of it, but if you go on reading the rest of Genesis 1, it says, God said... Multiple times, God said. And then what happened? Something changed, right? Whether it was light be, whether it was be, you know, separate the land from the water. There was things happening for like six days. Who was doing all that? Holy Spirit. God spoke, Holy Spirit does the work. You speak, Holy Spirit does the work. If you say what God said, if you say what the devil says and the world says, you know who's going to be doing the work there. But the Holy Spirit was doing the work for six days. He's working, okay? This is where we see the Holy Spirit. Now let's get down to Genesis 1, 26, because the Holy Spirit's been around us on the earth since the beginning of creation. So Genesis 1, 26 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. When you say our or us, does that refer to more than one? So there was more than one person involved in the creation of man. And he said, let's make them in our image and our likeness. He said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what did you have authority and dominion over? Everything except humanity. You don't have authority over another human. 
But you have authority. Well, it'd be nice. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we don't. But we have authority over everything else. The wind, the seas, the weather, tornadoes coming to your house. Guess what you get? You got the authority. Not the tornado. Okay? But what I'm teaching you today and what you give your life to today and from this point on has everything to do with how you're going to react when calamity hits. When a tornado is coming to your house. When disease knocks at your door. When broken relationship happen in your life. When you find yourself and you ain't got no groceries and you ain't got no food. My prayer and what God has really been dealing with me about is we as a church have got to grow up. We got to grow up quick, guys. I mean, He's coming back. And He's coming back for a glorious church. But more than that, we have hurting people out there that need to see something more than a great show. They need to see the Spirit of God effectively changing their lives. And that starts with us. We've got to demonstrate that. We've got to display that to the world. And it's going to take us going after God. So He, he gave us authority. And then it says, So God created man in His own image, and in the image of God He created him male and female. He created them. When God created Adam, He created him in the image of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has always been a part of creation. The problem was that when man and woman sinned in the garden, that messed up God's creation. It messed it up, guys. It got whacked up, out of control. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit no longer could live with them because they allowed another being to come be the Lord and Master of their life. They traded their authority and dominion in and gave it to another being named the devil. So no longer did humanity have authority and dominion on the earth. We gave it away. But that didn't stop God. <laughs> God has been on a quest because of His love for man and woman to establish that relationship that He had with man in the garden before sin. God loves you, man. He don't never give up on you. Never. People may give up on you. But God will never give up on you. And we see this whenever all this happened. Obviously, Adam and Eve had to be escorted out of the garden. They were separated from God. Okay, there was a wall put there. They no longer could fellowship with God like they normally did. Things begin to change. Sin started taking over the world. Animals started eating animals. Things just begin to go crazy. Things begin to start dying. The plan was absolutely hindered to a degree that we see with our eyes. But God had a different plan. He said, no, that's my man. That's my woman. I'm going to continue to seek and go after them. So what did He do? God, a tabernacle was made with human hands that He could come and He could abide in that temple. Y'all know that Moses went up on Mount Sinai and man, God gave him detailed instructions on how to do this tabernacle. So Moses came down and built that tabernacle just like that. God dwelt in that tabernacle that only the priest could actually go in there on the behalf of man. But again, he's on a quest. He's on a quest to get back to man. He's not giving up. He's making this thing happen. Slowly but surely. We know the children of Israel, as they came out of, the, out of Egypt under bondage and slavery. What was he? He was the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night in the tabernacle. He was leading them. He was leading them because he loves his creation. And he don't give up. He's a daddy that don't give up on his kids. He loves his babies, man. He loves his babies. Just like you love your babies. And you ain't never going to give up on your kids no matter how goofy they may act sometimes. Well, God's the same way. Do we act goofy? I mean, everybody in this room can say amen. We do, okay? I mean, we act stupid sometimes. So there was a dispensation of God with His people for 4,000 years. And then stepped in phase two. 
of the Godhead. Remember I said Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's three, right? So we had God leading His people. All right. Now Jesus has always been around. The Holy Spirit's always been around. They've been in the mix. But it was basically God in the tabernacle with the priest on the sacrifices, etc., etc. Well, here comes Jesus 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years after the fall of man. Jesus, He came to be a, the payment for the sin that Adam committed in the garden for all creation. Through His finished work on the cross, He gave us access back to God on a personal level again. When you receive Jesus as your Lord, you are giving access to God of the universe. Relationship restored. God no longer lives in a temple made with hands. He left that temple the day He died and He went to hell on the behalf of humanity. He paid the price and He was raised up again on the third day. Now, through His finished work, we now have access back to God. That was the dispensation of Jesus the Son. For 33 and a half years, He walked this earth to demonstrate what He wanted each one of you and me to do. He laid out the plan. So when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of raising the dead, walking on water, healing the sick, that's you and that's me. That's an example of what the body of Christ is currently should be doing. On your job, in your family, everywhere you go, you should be an agent of change. Okay? It ain't God with us, it's God in us now through the finished work of Jesus. So the dispensation of Jesus, that was, that was, we needed that, obviously. <laughs> but now we're living in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And again, God and Jesus are a part of this dispensation. But Jesus is at, where is Jesus at? He's at the right hand of what? The Father. He's not on the earth. I'm not saying He may not appear. He could come in your room tonight. I mean, He's Jesus, amen? And He's done that. But ultimately, He's left us up to work with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit to work with us. So the Holy Spirit, this dispensation, Jesus said to His disciples before He died on the cross and was raised up from the dead that He would send them another comforter to help them. Because they were sad, guys. I mean, man, they just seen this guy do some miracles, man, some wild things. They didn't want Him to leave. And He goes on to say, He, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. The Holy Spirit's going to come. All those who would receive Him would be your teacher. He would be your guide, comforter, helper. He would show you things to come. He would be your strengthener and sustainer. So what I want to do is I want to show you all a picture of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Because if you can see a picture of the Holy Spirit in Jesus, I want you to see that that's the same Holy Spirit that wants to work in you. Because Jesus did what He did, not as God. That would be an unfair advantage for me and you if He did it as God. Because you have no shot and I have no shot. He did what He did and He elected to do that as a man, as a human being. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing more energizing or electrifying is to see somebody that once was dead but now is made alive through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more exciting to see a sick body, a crippled body, a diseased body, a dead body come alive through the finished work of Jesus and you laying your hands on them and seeing God do a work in their life. Did it not excite the crowds whenever Jesus was doing what He was doing? Did Jesus have to purchase a billboard to see if anybody would come to His meeting? I wonder if He had to do a Facebook post. Do a Facebook ad. Let's do a Facebook ad see if everybody will come to my meeting. Nah. You know, God's marketing tools, for all you marketing gurus, if there is any in here, they've worked since the beginning of time before technology. They work really effectively. And we're going to see that right here in Jesus. Luke 3.16 
It says, John answers, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. Who is that? That's Jesus. Whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to loose. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's what Jesus is doing right now on the earth. All those that will receive the Holy Spirit, you receive it, you receive fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. You receive power to do what Jesus did. It goes on in Luke 3, 21. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while He prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. Not He, he, he descended from heaven as a dove. He did not look like, it was not a dove that flew down and, and landed on Jesus and said, Woo, I'm here. No, it was, in the, it was like a dove upon Him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. The same thing Jesus desires to happen to us that happened to Jesus. So we see the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus. Now check out what, what happens after He receives this, okay? Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is in uh, Luke 4, okay? This is right after the baptism. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Luke 4, 14 says this. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of Him went out through all the surrounding region, and He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. We're seeing the Son of Man, which is now 30 years old, just got filled with the Holy Spirit, and now He's starting to do a work. Any movies or video clips or anything that Jesus healed little birds at the age of 12, He raised up His dead friend at 14 or 15, any of that garbage, it's garbage. It did not happen, okay? It's man-made, it's mythology, it's heresy. It's not in the Scripture. If you can't find it in this book, we don't believe it. Everybody say amen. We don't believe it, ever, okay? So he goes on to say this in Luke 4, 16. Check this out. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. Who went to church? Jesus, the Son of God, went to church. How about that? On the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now friend, let me ask you something. Jesus is no longer on the planet. Did these particular passages die and, and do away with them because he's not here no more? No, no. You take these scriptures and you look at them and you go, Okay, God. Spirit, you did, you did work on him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Nathan because he has anointed Nathan to preach the gospel to the poor. Who's going to preach the gospel to the poor? Not Jesus. It's going to be us. Who's going to heal the brokenhearted? Who's going to lay hands on the sick? Who's going to see these things? We are the body of Christ. But because we've been delusioned and we've been, you know, brainwashed that our job as a Christian is to come and sit down and hear a good word nod our head, and then just go out and be good. Be good. You just be a good person. Just love everybody. Just be good and love everybody. True, we should do that. But how many of you know the people you love? They also are hurting. 
They're, they're hurting. They need more than just love. And the last time I checked, love is an action word. There should be a little action with the, the love. That means when you have a friend at work that's struggling with depression, we don't just say, hey, man, I love you and, I, and I'll pray for you. No, in the name of Jesus, get over here. We're going to pray right now. You, this stuff's leaving you right now in Jesus' name. We're not going to put up with this no more. It's got to go. Because how many of you know depression is a big deal right now? I mean, there's a lady. I know her and her family a little bit. Bonnie Johnson and Brent Johnson, they go to Turning Point Church. Just had a nephew kill himself. It's going on all the time, guys. Young man. I mean, the picture, he looked, he looked really like everything was good. Took his own life. There's people in this room that have had the same thought. There's people in this room right now that you're battling thoughts of depression. And we serve a God that wants to break that over you today. Not next week, today. Depression is a spirit designed to take you to the grave. It's his whole purpose. Some of you guys in this room think you just really don't have nothing to live for. What's my purpose? Why am I here? The Spirit of the Lord is upon Luke because he has anointed Luke to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent Luke to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Melissa because he has anointed Melissa to preach the gospel to the poor. Friend, I've got scripture that says everybody in this room has an assignment. And I'm just saying as a leader of this church, get in your position and take it serious. Man, we don't serve some, you know, mythology Zeus up in the sky. We serve a God that wants to change this country. And He wants to use you and me to do that. Come on, man. We don't get dressed and go to church man, to have our ears tickled. Deep down in everybody's heart in this room, you want to believe God's real, His power's real, and you can make a difference on this planet. Yes. And I'm here to tell you, you are going to make a difference. You can make a difference. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now dwelling in some of y'all. But if you believe that, then the same spirit that grabbed Jesus' body and yanked it out of the tomb and took it back up, you would have the same fire and passion to know you can do the same in the lives of people. Don't let your co-workers go to hell. Don't let your friends at school go to hell. There's nobody going to go to hell on your watch. Why? Because you've got God inside of you. I mean, if somebody's broke, let's pray and believe God He's going to help them right there openly. You know the scripture in uh, Romans 1.16 that says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul penned that, right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, I think we live in a world today, and I'm talking about Christians. They're not ashamed of the certain parts of the gospel. Hello. Man, I'm going to tell you, the Bible's loaded with really good, encouraging words, but it's also loaded with some correction and rebuke. 
The gospel will change your life and it will change the lives of people in your life. But we got to get fired up. We got to get fired up, guys. And I'm telling you, man, it ain't nothing but a breath away. Hallelujah. Luke 4, 40 says this. We're still following the, the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Now check this out. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to Jesus, and He laid His hands on every one of them and healed them. And the demons also came out of many, crying out, saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. You know why we don't have demons saying this in church today? Y'all might not want to hear what I'm saying. Because we have too many demons sitting in the church. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in. We got demons that attend church. And, and the problem with that is, is they get patted on the back and say, Hey brother, we love you like you are. Yeah. We love you like you are. We, we, we love you like you are. Oh yeah, we love you just the way you are. Uh-uh. <laughs> if you think for one minute Jesus loves your ungodly and goofy ways, you are bumped your head. Right. He does not love our ungodly, stupid, acting ways. He loves us in spite of it. But He is not happy with it. Because He knows it's destroying your life. And a good daddy and a good mama will love their kid despite the wrong they do, but they will fight to help them do it right. And that's the daddy we serve. That's the Holy Spirit that wants to be involved in your life. And that's the Holy Spirit that wants to get involved in this country. And I can tell you, the point and place that this country's in, it's almost like the picture of Jesus flipping the tables over and getting the whip and hitting some tables. We've almost as a church have become that lackadaisy that church is just part of our calendar. Really? <laughs> Man, come on. This is life changing. That's why when you step in the doors, I don't want to just give you a message that makes you feel good about your perverted lifestyle. If you're looking at pornographic, I want to help you get delivered from that. I don't want you to, oh, brother, it's okay, man. Just keep on. You're good. You know, God will help you. He'll help you. Bull. No. Let's lay that at the foot of the altar. I'll weep with you. I'll cry with you. But I will see God deliver you. I mean, come on, man. That's what we're supposed to be. When you go to your workplace, when you go to college, when you walk in, the game should change. Because it ain't just you that walked in. You just brought another being in with you. That created all the people you work with. Created all the people that you're doing school with and doing life with. You start bringing the Holy Spirit down the hallway and you see people weeping and crying as you walk by because you've spent hours with Him. You've worshipped Him. You lifted Him up. You spent. Why did Jesus get away? Why did Jesus go to the mountain and pray all night? Pray all night. Why? To come bring somebody a lollipop and a candy bar? No, because no, He knew that He needed to bring them something that was going to change your life was going to draw them to change. And that's what He wants to do in us. I mean, you know as I'm speaking right now, your spirit's turning right now. You're thinking, oh my God, I'm telling you what. Whew, man, come on. Let's go get God. Let's go Let's go get, get that devil. I'm telling you, this is the reality of this thing, guys. God is real. The devil is real. The God is a winner. The devil is a loser. We have the power of Almighty God in us, man. Let's get out there. Let's watch it. I'm not talking about being weird. Because I'm part of the Pentecostal. I'm part of, I mean, it's, it's like you have either or. 
You have the church that, you know, yeah, we like the Holy Spirit. He, he's really good and, and we really like Him, but we're just going to preach the Bible because we don't want none of that fan, fanatical stuff going on. You know, we don't want that running around and screaming and hollering stuff going on. And then you have the, the Pentecostal people that, yeah, we like the Word, but I mean, they just, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not making fun of them, okay? But I'm just saying it's, it's a reality. It is a reality that it's almost like we we all the way over here on the ditch or we go all the way over here. And I'm here to tell you that the Spirit and the Word together is the ingredient the world needs to see. Do I believe in running around the church? Yes! Yes! Do I believe in jumping up and down and getting excited about God? Yes! The problem I have is the people that jump up and down and they run around the church. By Tuesday, they're in bed with another woman. And I'm just saying, that's not God. I'm just saying, when your feet hit the ground, let's keep running after the one that calls us to jump. Amen. Hallelujah. But right here we see, guys, a perfect picture of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. What is Jesus a picture of? The body of what? He's the body of Christ. So whatever we see in Jesus, where should we see that? In the church, in you and me. And if we're looking at you and we're looking at me and we don't see this going on, we don't get condemned, we don't beat ourselves up, we just say, God, give me more. God, give me more. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and just go through the same steps and see the same stinking stuff. I don't want to walk in Walmart and not see somebody get moved by God. I don't want to. I don't want to be weird. And go in there with a ram's horn. Hey, repent. Y'all going to hell if you don't. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. You ain't got to do that. And I'm going to tell you, if you study revival of any kind, you study revival, none of that was going on. They just got full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and begin to see people's lives changed by their life being changed. I mean, seriously, guys. Do we want to let another week go by and we just prepare and we wake up, we go to work, we do this, we do that, and then we get ready, we come to church, sing three songs, hear a message, go out. That is so boring. Boring. Makes me sick. I don't even want to be a part of that. I want to see a church that when your little baby is sick, you roll over at night and you say, what, what? In the name of Jesus, you get up. You're okay in Jesus' name. Because the same power in you was alive in Jesus, and you're using it. I mean, guys, right now, and this may be most of the people in this room, what if you was to wake up in the morning and somebody you love in your house was dead? What if... You was in your house, and the weatherman came on, and he said, look, a tornado just touched down on Commerce Place, <laughs> and it's headed in y'all's direction. What's going to be our reaction? Because let me tell you something. We're living in days of terror, days of calamity. And y'all know I'm saying the truth. Don't stick your head in the sand. Y'all all see what's going on in this world. And if you think it's all going to be fixed by politician, you're, you need prayer. Right. 
Because it ain't going to happen. Okay? And I don't care what party you hang the banner over your head, both of them stink. Okay? And they're not going to get you where you need to go. But my job as a leader and a pastor is to where that happens, you look at it differently. Because how you view the storm, how you view the sick or dead body, has everything to do with your influence in a generation that's hurting bad. They are looking for hope. Unfortunately, like this past week, I just discovered there's two more mega pastors that absolutely have quit the ministry, had to walk away from churches, big churches, because of allegations and one just misplacing money, doing some things they shouldn't have done. So we have these things going on, and guess who publicizes that? That gets put on the evening news over and over again. But what if we begin to change the culture? And it starts with us, guys. It starts with us. We're going to have to get passionate about this. Because in the book of Acts, they were passionate about the Holy Spirit and the moving of God. To the point that they met daily in the temple and in houses, breaking bread, and breaking the Scriptures open and getting closer to God. They were to the point to where they began to sell all their possessions and begin to give to those that were hurting and in need. Most of us, if somebody asked us for our, an outfit, we would squirm and probably give them one we didn't like. And dear God, don't you ever ask for my phone. <laughs> That's the devil. You ain't getting my phone. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Some of y'all need to lay that phone at the altar. Y'all need to crucify your phone. <laughs> It gets real quiet when you talk about the phone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, Nathan, that is Jesus' life. That's not my life. He did things to prove He was the Son of God. Yes, He did want them to believe in Him that He was the Son of God. But He was the only one who could do these things. Then why did He say in this particular verse, John 14, 11? Why did He say this? If he was the only one that could do this, why did Jesus say? These are red letters in my Bible. Verse 11, chapter 14. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, what's that next part? He will what? He, that's a little he. That ain't a big he. So that's me and you. You know, when it comes to God, me and you, he gets the big H, we get the little h. Okay? So, He will do also, and greater works than these will He do because I go to my Father. Did you know people are going to church not to see if you can have the latest, greatest concert like the concert they left the other night? I mean, you got the worship set that's got everything going on. Oh, wow. Did you know they're not coming for that? That's a, that is the apple that we bit as the church. I know this ain't popular, I know, okay? But it's the apple that we're biting on a daily basis. We think that our decor and our production is going to usher in the last day move of God. God didn't need your production to introduce Himself. He don't need your production to reproduce Himself. I'm telling you, I'm chasing Holy Spirit. 
I'm chasing God. I'm going after Him. I'm not happy with where we're at as a state, as a church, revolution-wise, and as a whole. I'm not happy with it. Because I feel like we have degressed. We're not, we're not progressing in the things of God. And I think somebody has to stand up and say it's time to change. Not that I'm against all that. I'm not. Man, we bring in excellence in everything we do. Absolutely. But it really, if I've got cancer, am I trying to see what building I could go into because it's attractive? Or is there a shot? Is there just something to think about here? I might be going somewhere to try to get some help. Man, I'm dying. I mean, yeah, it was good. Man, y'all sang good. Man, your youth ministry is awesome and your children's ministry. But, but I'm dying. They only given me a month to live. I'm about to die. I'm about to leave the earth, man. I need help. I got a family, a wife, and some kids. And man, I want to see them grow up and get married. I'm, I'm about to die. Can, can I get some help in here? Can anybody help me? When are we going to get those people running to the church? That's what I'm after. But that means all of us have to grow up. We all have to expect God to do this together. Not point, well, you know what, I, I know this, this cancer specialist, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, you know, it's 50-50 shot, you know what, I'll pray that the door opens and you can get in there. Okay, let's go. What? We've got the Holy Spirit and the healing power of God reside, did Jesus have that in his line? Oh, man, you got what? Leprosy? I tell you what, why don't you come over here? We'll send you over here to this specialist. They deal with limbs falling off, okay? They'll help you. Maybe they can get you a couple more limbs. Jesus never did that. You know why this is so foreign to most of y'all in this room? Because we don't teach it. Right. We don't expect it. We expect the doctor to do more for an individual than God Almighty. And I'm not against doctors. I love them. They helped us out big time. We got a nurse in here. That's, she's going to be an amazing nurse. We got a nurse over here. I mean, we, we love doctors. We love what they do. But guys, what is the world seeking for? They're seeking for something different. And we have the opportunity, and the devil's creating this opportunity with causing all this calamity. We have a great opportunity to help a lot of people. Let's go on real quick. I had some more things here. Jesus' life on earth was an example of what we can expect as His followers. The Holy Spirit ascended onto Jesus from heaven and empowered Him to do on earth what He could not do apart from having the Holy Spirit in His life. That's powerful. Jesus could not do what He did without the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit desires to be a part of each one of our lives here today. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do what the Father had asked Him to do. We need the Holy Spirit to do what the Father has asked us to do. The reason why we get frustrated, the reason why we quit church, the reason why we draw back from the things of God is because we're not seeing God in His fullness. You begin to see God through the lens of Jesus' life, going on in your life. That's why Jesus never was tempted to quit. Because if He didn't have a boat, He would just walk on the water. If he needed to, to, to help somebody, he just raised them from the dead and called dead people out of tombs. I'm just telling you, you get this same Jesus, you get this going on in your life, Christianity is no more boring. I can tell you that right now. You know what students are looking for? Supernatural. Well, Nathan, how do you know that? Well, I'll tell you what. You look at the numbers of the new Avengers movie when it comes out. That's all supernatural stuff. What about Harry Potter? Ooh. Supernatural. They're searching for supernatural. Searching. Searching. You are too. You know why? 
He was created by a supernatural God. Supernatural calls unto supernatural. The problem is, is when we don't actively have supernatural working in our lives, we go and reach and try to find the fake, the phony. Guys, I'm telling you, the world, you need to be the avenger. We need to be the avengers. What I desire is when the children go upstairs, they don't listen to a teacher. The power of God falls. And what they're struggling with at home, God comes in and He actually rescues them and delivers them from that. Teenagers, when they come in here, we don't give them entertainment. And they got that on every corner. No, when they come in here, the power of God's so heavy. But man, they start weeping when they come in here. Depression leaves. Suicide leaves. Because we have something the world don't have. I don't want to be a student ministry or a church that duplicates what the world's doing. What's that? They're killing themselves at a rate that's crazy. We don't want that. We want the fire of the Holy Spirit in the building. Y'all agree with that? Jesus was excited about giving them the Holy Spirit because He knew that their life would never be the same. Real quick, the Holy Spirit in you, Acts 1, 4 through 8. And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit many, not many days from now. Verse, uh, we'll just keep going. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Friend, the reason why witnessing is not effective is we got this idea that we need to go a witnessing. Let's all meet and then we're all going to go a witnessing. Let's go a witnessing. Let's go a witnessing. Listen, your witness comes out of your presence with Him. When you try to witness apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, then guess what? You're not going to see much done. But witnessing should just come out of the overflow of being with Jesus and being with the Holy Spirit. Not a duty. Oh gosh, man, I don't know if I want to go knock on that door. Oh my God, man. Whoa, Jesus. That's work. And the reason why you feel that way is because you have not been taking a bath in His presence and with Him. Because I'm telling you, as you're close to the Holy Spirit, He will lead you. And we're going to find this out in the days to come with His gifts and things. But He'll lead you to do things. The woman at the well, we hear it all the time. People preach the story all the time. Jesus at the, at the well with the woman. What was it that changed that woman's life? Was it the water? Was it Jesus? Don't say something. Okay. It wasn't Jesus. You know what it was? It was a word of knowledge. He yielded to the Holy Spirit and He gave that woman a word of knowledge that only she knew. Yeah, you're right. You don't need to go get your husband because the one you're living with now is not your husband, but you've had five husbands. Nobody knew that except her. What about in your job? What about in your family? What about in your schools? What about where, in your workplace? What if you begin to start revealing things to people about their life that nobody could have known but them? Is that going to draw people to want to know what you have? Oh, yeah. Because it sets you apart from the rest. People are looking for a real God to serve. That's why Muslim religion is growing. That's why Buddhism religion is growing. That's why a lot of these false religions, they're growing because somebody's looking for something to serve. 
But what sets us apart is Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 1 through 4. And I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Another hour. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a noise came from heaven. It sounded like a strong wind blowing. This noise filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something that looked like the flames of fire. The flames were separated and stood over each person. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in different languages. The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. We, we see the same Holy Spirit that descended on Jesus descended on the fathers, followers of Jesus. His descension was described differently in both accounts. The Holy Spirit was like a dove on Jesus. The Holy Spirit, fire came down on them. Do y'all see the correlation here? Came down on Jesus. Came down on the disciples, the people in the upper room. But see, what we've done as the church, and this has split a lot of churches, is the tongue situation. I'm good with that Holy Ghost thing, but you're talking that tongue stuff, uh-oh. Now we're talking, this is crazy. And what I want you to do over the next week or so is to begin to erase everything you've been taught. And let's look at the Bible, and let's take the Bible for what it is. Okay? Because that day, something happened to those believers. Something filled them up that day that caused them to walk out of that upper room and begin to preach the gospel like never before. Peter, which was a coward until this day right here, he turns and he begins to preach to thousands. And how many of you know that that day, you talk about church growth, 3,000 people came to the church that one day. What? What church, what pastor, I'm talking about me, I would love to have that. I don't know how we get 3,000 people in here. <laughs> but my point is, guys, I believe it's time for us to hit reverse. Beep, 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 beep. And let's go to the book of Acts and let's begin to read it. Yeah. Let's begin to read the book of Acts and begin to do the book of Acts. I'm encouraging everybody in this room, to, starting today, start the book of Acts and read it, Acts chapter 1. And begin to read it, and begin to read it. Watch what happens in your own personal life. Because guys, if you ain't excited about God, ain't nobody else going to get excited about God. I mean, I was in a room last night, man, and there was, this was kind of like at a funeral. But man... I got to talking about God, and I started getting excited. And the next thing I know, I see people just start doing this. Is it because of who I am? Uh-uh. You get excited about God, it's going to draw a crowd. Just make sure you know what you're talking about, okay? <laughs> don't, don't be faking it until you make it, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Really have some substance in, in your life. We see the same Holy Spirit that descended on Jesus. The result in both accounts of the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus and the followers of Jesus was they were empowered to do what God had called them to do. Power came in their life when they received the Holy Spirit. If we're going to see God's kingdom established on this earth, then we're going to have to use the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit to see them come to pass. And one of the things I said, God has given us the greatest marketing tools on the planet. You know what they are? Signs, wonders, miracles, proven to work 100% of the time. I want to say this, the dispensation of God, it came and it was like a baton. God handed it off to Jesus. Jesus took off. Boom, 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 boom. 
Jesus is handed off to the Holy Spirit. We're this close to the end of time, end of this age, because there's nobody else to hand the baton to. It's over. It's finished. We're living in that day, in that time. And guys, if we don't do the work, it ain't going to get done. If we're a church that's lazy, you know, we have prayer on Saturdays. We have prayer once a month. I think they had uh, three people yesterday at prayer. You know, prayer is the most important thing we do as a church. This is not. This is not. It's just not. Every revival started in prayer. Every revival. So I'm going to ask everybody in this room, we pray Saturdays from 9 to 10. I'm asking you not to put that on your I might do it list. I'm asking you to put that on your to-do list. And let's do it. And I know things come up. Don't get, don't get in condemnation because you can't come. You may have some things going on. You judge yourself why you don't come. Don't, don't, don't give me excuses. I, I, I'm not going to judge you. Whether you're here or not, we're, I'm never going to look bad at you, nobody, okay? I'm just saying if we really want to see a move of God, it's going to take us doing some things yeah. to initiate that move. Is getting up to come to prayer at 9 o'clock fun for everybody, me included? Mm, nah, I could do some things. But after that hour's gone, at whatever you go and do, ask yourself, was it really that much more important? I'm telling you guys, <laughs> if we really want to see a change, guys, we're going to have to make some decisions. You want things in your life to change? You're going to have to do something different. To expect things to change in your life, but yet you don't change nothing, that is what we call, what's the word? Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> Seriously. And everybody in this room, you have room in your life to change. Everybody. But it starts with you saying yes to Jesus. And some of you in this room need to say yes to Jesus. Not maybe Jesus, I think so Jesus, yes to Jesus. Because when you do, everything in your life begins to start going in a different direction. So everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, hallelujah. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I just thank you for this time together. You're so good. Oh, you're such a good God. We love you so much. Hallelujah. You know, if you're here today and you say, you know, Nathan, I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're in this room today and you say, I used to walk with Jesus. At one time I had a commitment to Him, but I've kind of walked away. Let me encourage you guys. This is not about Nathan. And I'm not trying to say, wow. You're not going to see me put it on Facebook. Oh, we had four people come give their heart to Jesus. Would everybody on Facebook give me a hand? That's not what we do here. This is a life that matters. You matter. And if you're here today and only you know this, whether your heart's right or whether it's not right, you know. And if you need to make that commitment, I want you to do it today.
And I'm just asking you guys just to step out of your chair and just come up here and be bold. And we're going to pray with you. I mean, some of you guys are battling some things in your life. Maybe, maybe you're here and you say, Nathan, man, I'm battling depression. Maybe there's something in your life that you're struggling with and you need help. Why don't you come up here and let us pray with you? And let's watch Jesus do a work in your life. You hear that? That's tears. That's tears of a Holy Spirit that's doing something right now in the heart of a human being that He loves so much. Some of y'all need to be at this altar doing the same thing. And only you know. Only you know, man. I mean, guys, don't carry this home with you. Man, you're in a place in the presence of Almighty God. Man, let's get it right. Let's make the adjustment. God has big plans for us. Let's don't let sin get in the way. Maybe you're here today and you're sick. Maybe you've got sickness in your body. I'm telling you today, it can be gone forever in the name of Jesus. Don't be sick another second of your life. Let God heal you right now. He will heal you. Do we have a song we can play or something just put on there? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, Holy Spirit. Do that work in Him. Glory to God. Do that work. Glory to God. Oh, forever changed. Forever changed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Answer that prayer. Touch that heart. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, heal that body in Jesus' name. Take sickness and disease away from him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill him up with fire, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this, man. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you're out there and you may say, well, you know, Nathan, man, everything's good in my life. Stretch out your hands. Pray for these in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'm going to be bold when I say this. Some of y'all better get serious with God. You better get serious with God. Playtime's over, guys. For whatever's keeping you in your seat or whatever's keeping you and holding you back from God, you need to let it go. You need to let it go, man. Let it go. Hallelujah. This is where I want Revolution Church to live. Right there.
at the altar. Hallelujah. Because we need Jesus. We need you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move on the hearts of the people in this room today. Move on them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you know where we're at. Hallelujah. You know what's holding us back. And I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you're touching and changing the people in this room. Because we want more fire. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We love you. And we thank you for moving in our heart. Lord, let us live at the altar. Let us live at the altar. Hallelujah. Knowing that we've got to have you for everything in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for those that have come and knelt down. That they will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. I believe even right now that you, Holy Spirit, are filling them up. You're touching them. They're never going to be the same again. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I come. And I say, change me, Lord. I want more fire. I want more passion in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I want to be more like Jesus. And hallelujah, Holy Spirit, you know how to make that happen. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that this church be a church of fire and passion and power in the name of Jesus. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, guys, if you're there really seriously, and I'm not trying to call anybody out, but I, I, I've sat where you've sat, and I've had the Holy Spirit be, be dealing with me about coming up and get prayer, and, and I would just kind of talk myself out of it. Because I would let the enemy kind of let me know, well, man, what are people going to think? Blah, 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 they're going to think. Listen, you've got to get to the place to where you don't care what people think. God has deliverance for people in this room. God has healing for people in this room. God has salvation for people in this room. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to touch people. But you got to be bold, man. You got to say, God, I'm tired of being where I am. I want to go somewhere that only a few people choose to go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't want to abuse the clock, so what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to keep the worship music going. The lights will stay down. These that are up here at the altar, that, that we leave them right where they're at. If you think you need to come to the altar, I would love for you. The altar's there. Get it right between you and God before you leave today because the reality is, is you don't know if you've got tomorrow. Today could be the last day. So with that being said, I'm going to pray over you guys and those that need to leave. You're more than welcome to leave. We thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, please, please. Put us on the calendar for next week and come visit with us. We love you and thank you so much. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's come today. I ask you to bless them. As they leave today, bless them going and coming in Jesus' name. Angels, I ask you to be around their family and protect them. Father, I just thank you for bringing us here safely, but also taking us away safely. That our week will be blessed in Jesus' name. I pray the blessing of God on each and every person here. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for doing a great work in their life. And the Holy Spirit 
We will sense your presence this week. We will sense your presence in our lives. As we read Acts chapter 1, 2, and 3, the Holy Spirit, we believe that you're going to captivate our heart and mind in Jesus' mighty name to do great works in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory and honor. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. I love you guys. Thank you all for coming. Hallelujah. Just respect these that are up here on the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus.